On today's episode, I speak with Neil Donat, who has a stretching technique that he calls muscle recalibration. This can be used with anybody who has tightness or is having muscular problems. But where he really excels is his work with Parkinson's patients. So I put together a great freebie called The Three Ways That Muscular Recalibration Can Help Parkinson's Patients. And you can get that by going to rockyourretirement.com slash stretch. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Neil Donat and his muscular recalibration technique. Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Welcome to Rock Your Retirement. This is a show where we talk about what you need to know besides money when you retire or before you retire. And if you're already retired, we can give you some ideas on how to have a better retirement. Remember, there's other things that you need to think about besides money when dealing with retirement. And if you'd like to have a more interactive experience, please join us on our private Facebook group by searching Rock Your Retirement Community on Facebook. Our guest for today is Neil Donat, and Neil helps seniors refresh their bodies with muscle recalibration. It helps them with pain relief and allows them to be more active and to physically flourish during their retirement. Neil, welcome to the show. So tell me, how did you get into this business of helping people recalibrate their muscles? I mean, I don't even know what that means. How does that work? About 17 years ago, I began helping people with weight loss after I achieved a great weight loss of my own. And I started working with a lot of uh, people who had maybe never exercised before or had mobility issues. One of the first things I found was that being able to do stuff was their bigger obstacle than it was maybe their weight. And so I had taken on the responsibility of of making sure that my clients and friends or whoever I worked with was capable of moving uh, in order to complete exercises that would ultimately take them to their their goal of weight loss and healthier living. How much weight loss are we talking about, Neil? Myself was 62 pounds. Wow, that's a big drop. Did you work with other people who needed to lose 60, 70, 80, 100? I mean, what was your typical weight loss goal for your clients? On average, most people are around the 20, 25 pound. However, I've worked with people, quite a few uh, 70 plus um, to start and um, continued on, you know, their own after for another. I also have people who have worked with me in on their own journeys have lost well over 100 pounds. Oh my gosh, that's that's amazing. It was really incredible work. And that that's what drove me to to the fitness as a as a career. And, And then really, as I saw more and more people getting caught up with things that were just distracting them from their everyday life, let alone a weight loss. And as a professional, I knew that a client could gain their weight back. However, if I could get them to play with their kids better or not be in aches and pains after a day of work or a long day of driving, that added up to so much more of an impact in their lives. And that's how we came to where where I am today. So how did you do this? Were you mean to them like they are on the TV show or were you, did you do other things? I'm not a big fan of yelling at people. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be yelled at myself either. At, at times it can be motivating at times, you know, maybe somebody has to get behind you like Mickey did with Rocky, you know, but you know, most people who have a goal or have tried, you know, weight loss goal have tried and tried over and over and 
have failed, like myself. I know what it feels like to fail at dieting for a long time. And the last thing I need is somebody to make me feel worse. And for me to establish a relationship with somebody who I know is going to be a long term and I'm going to be their coach in the corner, getting to know that person and becoming, you know, on the most part friends with them, but also keeping the boundary where I, I say, these are the expectations I have of you. And this is what I, I need you to do for me. So most people, we, we got along well and really everybody's different. Everybody has different reasons, but, you know, the, the rules to weight loss are basically the same with everybody else, but it's the person that that's deciding to take action upon it is really the person you have to navigate around, and that is really where you find most success with coaching in probably any any area. So you had this great success of helping people lose weight. You mm-hmm. saw that people had mobility issues. Mm-hmm. And then is that what led you into working with our seniors? Absolutely. That's, um, you know, I started more of a wider array of people and I started to work with more seniors, but really working with seniors is something close to me personally. My grandfather passed away when I was about 10 years old. My grandmother she wasn't very unhealthy. She was afraid of falling. She's about 70 years old. This is, you know, back in the early 90s. And, you know, she was cautious. And so as the, the oldest grandson, and, you know, I would help her walk, she would ask me to help there. And she was also very close to me. So I spent the next probably 17 years assisting her, along with other family members. And I even had trained her while she was in a wheelchair. The wheelchair was really just because of her lack of mobility. But I I grew a very an affinity for people in that situation because not only is is there the companionship, there's there's a loss of you're taking things out of people's lives that make them feel less important or more of a burden. And when I started working more with seniors, I felt really drawn to them. Uh, because of my experience as a child, and as well as how much I could help them and see their results and for them to say, hey, I got to do this, and I know how important that is to them. So it really fulfills me on a different level. That's good. So tell me what muscle recalibration is. I mean, I don't really get that. So explain. I mean, I get weight loss. I get training. I don't get muscle recalibration. Although the reason why I invited you on the show is because you are able to help people with Parkinson's disease, and I wanted to find out about that. Okay, so muscle recalibration, what our bodies are designed to leverage, leverage itself and stay in balance. So when we do something a, a lot of the time, like maybe sit a lot or lean a lot or whatever, our body shifts and everything does what it has to do to keep us in this plane of straight or whatever it appears to be straight, right? And those muscles they shift their attention so they leverage each other at a different ratio rather than 50-50. What I do is when you when you contract a muscle, it can be stretched in significantly, meaning that pulled apart and lengthened. And as it's done, it allows us to work on its uh, balancing pair. So let's say front to back, just for very simple terms. So the front muscle is really tight, the back muscle is not. So we make the, the front muscle longer, then it automatically allows the back muscle to become stronger because when one muscle takes over for another, the other one becomes weaker. And that's how we have issues with mobility show up because muscles start shutting down. And as we age, things slow down and your mobility issue isn't necessarily that you're weaker because you're older, but your body is getting more used to the way that it's calibrated. And so I recalibrate the muscles so 
they work the right way so they're even rather than, you know, 70, 25 or whatever percent they're at now. Is that similar to what a chiropractor does? The chiropractor uh, works more on the neurological level where they, they work on the nerves and how they, they stem from the spine. So how those things go. What I do is kind of, it's actually a compliment to what they do because once I change the musculature, so change the muscle groups, now it opens up the pathways of the nerves to the spine. So they start to communicate better. And so now if a chiropractor is working, he can handle whatever uh, vertebra are affecting mus- uh, nerve issues. And that can also um, enhance what he does as well as, again, uh, reunite both of them. Okay. So let me get this straight. What you sure. do is you work on the muscles and what a chiropractor yes. does is works on the spine. So it doesn't conflict and in fact it enhances what the chiropractor does absolutely okay absolutely because i know that my dad's muscles are starting to get really tight Mm -hmm. and so that's probably what what you work on is getting those so that he's not so I, i don't know what the word is people who know someone with parkinson's probably understand this but things start to tighten up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's, that's it's exactly what it is. You know, you're basically your body, your muscles are at their wit's end. You know, they can no longer be leveraged anymore. Like, so for instance, most people have lower back issues, right? Or mid back. And what happens is, is that when the hips get tight forward and the lower back gets tight at that end, it stretches the back musculature. And so the hips, as they go forward, force the upper body forward and, and to elevate. So it gets tight at the top. So the more you get wound in there and the tighter you get, the tighter you get, the less you can leverage yourself in different directions. And our bodies are dynamic, which means that we can go to multiple degrees of of movement, you know, rotation, different planes of movement. And once we lose that, we get in this very stuck position. So, yeah, it makes lots of sense what you're saying with your father. And just freeing those muscles up will, again, allow for the body to move the way it's supposed to because your muscles are designed to move your body also to provoke structural integrity, but to move your body. And when they don't work right, you can't move. So how exactly do your stretching exercises work? Is this something that requires another person to do, or is it something that somebody can be taught to do on their own? You can teach people to do this on their own. However, there are only certain positions that you can leverage your your motion. So uh, for instance, if you really want to get a long stretch over your shoulders and get your, your trapezius muscles, and it's a big reach to grab your arm because what you would use is your straight arm with resistance. So maybe raising your arm over your head and grabbing it and then pulling it forward while you contract. The other thing with that is the difficulty is that it's hard for the novice to know to push and pull with their own brain. You know, you're saying push at one end and pull on the other. You really can't feel tension the way somebody else could. However, if you follow a nice, simple protocol, it'll help. Also, with somebody else doing it, your body will tell them what's happening and they can uh, decipher more of, of what's keeping what. And it's just a better, it's like being your own attorney. You know, it's like, it's better to have an outside perspective. And they also too can position your body in ways that you probably can't and stretch muscles that way, which would allow them to progress further take greater results. Okay. And there's a name for the type of stretching you do, right? It's Yes. Kihara resistance stretching. Kihara is the school that I, I work with, I guess if you want to call it school or the modality. It comes from, from resistance stretching that was first conceptualized 
by a uh, gentleman by the name of Bob Cooley. Quick story, he, he got hit by a car while walking and his he was pretty messed up and started examining every modality from Qigong to, you know, Pilates to help nurse's body back together. What he found, the, the most important principle is that our body stretches after it contracts. And he used it in such to heal himself and then put it into an approach. And then from that, it's expanded and it's expanded. And so muscle recalibration comes into where I use the technique because it's based off of my years as a mobility expert through exercise because I incorporated a different way where as a massage therapist or physical therapist or even a chiropractor who are, are learning this technique, they treat a patient a certain way and that's how they use it. And I, when I see people, my number one goal is to get them as more active as possible because that has always what I've been on, if that makes sense. Okay. So how many sessions with you does it usually take to be able to notice a difference? Well, you'll notice a difference even after one session. It can be very dramatic. So it also depends on who I'm working with. So let's say if it's a senior, because we're doing muscle work, it's like you can get sore f like you did from a workout. So it can be very intense. So I wouldn't want to make somebody who, say, Parkinson's or has a very decreased uh, mobility less mobile because they're sore. However, if after the first two or three and they're able and they're stronger, they won't be as sore, uh, we could go for those an hour. And depending on you know what they have going on, that would dictate how long I see them. So I have some Parkinson's patients that I've seen three or four times and they feel much better and they do regular PT and they're great. And I have a couple that I see weekly, twice a week that were just really, really taken back and have since moved forward and made great progress. So it really... Where the need fits. Okay. So your clientele, some of them are also going through physical therapy? Yes. Yes. Some do physical therapy. And again, that complements physical therapy because when the muscles are recalibrated, the, the brain and the muscle already soak up the information. So they do more strengthening exercise and that helps them to actually progress even faster. Your body will naturally progress faster even without exercise because once the muscle turns back on, you'll build natural leg strength or back strength or whatever you're doing, your natural mobility will start to return on its own. Wow, that's really interesting. You have been doing this for how long? I've been using this technique for six years and working in fitness and all this stuff for about, about 17 now, 17 years oh. total. So mm -hmm. you must have been right out of high school <laughs> when you started. I was in college and I was 19. People just came to me and said, how did you do it? And I started writing programs for people and, and working with people in college. And that's how it happens. You're not really doing personal training anymore. You're pretty much doing this recalibration stretching technique. Is right. that correct? Yes. Is this something that insurance covers or is this like personal training where you pay for it on your own? It's typically paid out of pocket. If you have supplemental insurance, they'll usually cover that. Also, if anybody, I mean, if you're retired, so you probably don't have a flex spending account. Um, usually that's people who are employed. Flex spending covers, they, they allow you to spend that money too. But yes, it does come out of pocket mostly. Okay. So let's say I have a client, you know, my dad lives in Florida now. So he mm -hmm. he's obviously not going to come to San Diego to get stretching exercises. How does somebody find someone like you if they don't live in San Diego? Depending where he is in Florida, actually Kihara headquarters is in Miami. I don't know if that's close. Florida but there, there's some, like California. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. I know. Yeah. So if, if you were to go to uh, ki-hara.com, 
they have a, a directory of some of the practitioners that are around the country. I know there's a whole bunch in the East Coast and there's some in Texas. One of my mentors, she's in Texas and some in the, the Bay Area as well as Oregon. And if they're not on the site, you could always email them or myself and we can, you know, there might be somebody who's not just listed in the directory and we can find somebody. As far as I know, I've met 50 to 60 practitioners of this. Well, with there being 50 states, it's a little on the slim side, but there's usually hope to find somebody close by. Okay. So I'm still trying to get a a feel for why this works. It's because there's push and pull on different muscles. So there's one muscle that's contracts. If I make a, if I make a muscle with my arm, you know, like I'm a bodybuilder. Um, so what you're saying is when I make a muscle, one muscle's contracting while the other is being stretched. Is that, is that correct in my understanding? Yes, exactly. So your triceps, the back of the, the, the biceps um, are relaxed. However, the, the bicep also stretches. So as as the tricep contracts so just as you stretch the tricep by activating the bicep the tricep was active at one point so it's either active or inactive so they stretch when they relax but we're so used to most people are so used to looking at them as relax and they are relaxing they're we're not telling them to do work they're relaxing but they're still stretching as they relax and they can only stretch as much as the other muscle that's making them relax can contract. Does that make sense? So you're helping, are you lengthening the muscles? Is that what you're doing? Absolutely. Absolutely. And because it's done while the muscle's on, it's called the Golgi tendon organ. It's in the muscle that calibrates the the tension on the muscle. And once you do that, that organ on the cellular level, it recognizes what's happening. And so it's getting length. So it recognizes that and it changes other things in the body, just as it changed other muscles when it got tighter. So maybe this makes sense. When you stand on one foot, there's maybe thousands of things that are firing back and forth to keep you in balance so you don't fall over, right? So they're slightly adjusting tension here, slightly adjusting tension there, keeping you up straight so you don't fall over. I'm standing on one foot right now. Right. Okay. <laughs> so I've got feet on the floors. Okay. So it does that. Right. And my foot's moving around. My knee's moving. I'm yes. trying not to lock my knee. Okay. I understand. So everything you do, it makes adjustments to, to leverage the movement. When one thing is continuously done, the other part just stops doing its job because the other part's taken over. Is that kind of like muscle-bound people that work out a lot? They can't lift their arms over their head or... It's partly that they're super tight and they, they can't open up. But yeah, there's a range of motion loss as well. It could happen from using a mouse all day long. When you have a bent arm on a desk using a mouse, you're constantly inwardly rotated on your arm and you're bent at your bicep. So your bicep, even though you're not carrying a bunch of weight, it's activated. So it's overactive. And that's also another word for tight. What it does is it weakens the tricep. So a lot of women I've worked with are like, oh, my, I'm flabby in the back of my arm. And I said, you know, <laughs> you're not flabby in the back of your arm. Your tricep's not active. The tissue is not active and strong and, and, and toned and firm. Right, you're you're losing the lower part of the uh, the shoulders because you're elevated more. It should be down in the center and relaxed, not held over your head like you got your sh- your shirt stuck halfway over your your body. And so once that happens, the top muscles, the the, the trapezius muscles that connect to the neck, that also lead to neck uh, neck pain, 
those muscles are working so much that the ones that keep you down and secure, they're shut down. And so as that stays that way, that becomes your new normal. Everything you do just, it continues to get worse and worse over time. We have to tell those guys, stop doing all this work. Let the other guys have some fun too, basically. And so when we stretch out the combination of muscles, bicep, shoulder, and chest muscles, and then we release these uh, trapezius muscles on top, they open up. And once they straighten, once they get longer, the other muscles they shut off turn back on immediately. And they adjust just the way that they adjusted the first time, except they just never forgot to, to let the responsibility go. And, and that's what happens. So that's why you're able to get relief in one, two, three, four sessions. Yes, absolutely. It's because you're helping Which, do this release of the lengthening of the short muscle that shouldn't be short in the first place. Absolutely. Traditionally, which is not wrong, it's very logical and and extremely intelligent to do and works just as well in in, in some instances. We go after the muscle that's weak and we say, work, 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 work. But there's so much more force and things keeping that muscle shut down on the other side that we're going after a symptom and not the problem. The problem is that muscle. You're yelling at the muscle and you don't like to yell. Yeah, that's it. You are saying work, 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 work. They're actually yelling at the muscle and the muscle doesn't like to be yelled at. Yes. That's nice. Okay. (laughs) It's really what's making that muscle not work. So I stop it where it started from rather than the symptom of the problem. Okay. So it's not that the muscle's lazy. The muscle needs needs a little coaxing and that's what you do. Yes. Try to get this in words that I understand. Sorry about that. Absolutely. So before the interview, you and I were talking about Dan. So tell me a little bit about Dan and how you were able to help him. Dan, Dan the man. Dan's awesome. Dan, Dan was, um, Dan was the first person uh, with Parkinson's that I worked with in San Diego. I had worked with a friend's father just a little bit as a favor in New York before I moved here. And so I knew I could help Dan. Dan had a very aggressive Parkinson's. It was really, he had it for two years before he passed away, about six months before he did ice when I met him. From the beginning, when I started working with Dan, his wife wanted me to anything to help. And so I said, yeah, I know I can do something. We work twice a week. Until basically he passed. Dan's body always responded. And that was really profound to me. You know, he wasn't pain from sitting a lot. His voice started to deepen within the first session or two because that really that's that's awesome because my father, you can barely hear him. He whispers. The internals aren't moving the right way. Your 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 pelvic floor muscles aren't working right. You're not opening the diaphragm well enough. You're constricting airflow and, and the abilities for things to to work. And I I had no idea that would happen. I just knew I could help him feel better and move better. He had some complications because the disease progressed very fast. However, we made it even a full workout because he was a gym guy. He kept saying, when I get back, when I get back to these weights, and he was telling me, I, I worked out with the guys that started this at Muscle Beach, you know, and he, he was always had the attitude of when I get back. You know, just it, it happened so fast that as things began to fail, they began to fail. However, I stretched him in his bed in home hospice, and it still helped, and he wasn't in pain. And once I realized that even though something's failing in the body, that our body still will listen, that was just so profound to me and why I reached out to more Parkinson's patients. Wow. So it's not a cure for Parkinson's, but it can help with the imbalance, just the falling, Mm -hmm. the weak voice, the symptoms. 
Yes. I've had some clients with tremors uh, that relaxed because of that as well. Basically, you have the before, the during, and after, I like to say. How was the body worn in before the onset of the symptoms? And then what happened afterwards where you decided, hey, let's be more cautious or or you didn't have somebody to help move you around, you were living alone, and you did less. And so your body just naturally started to decline and, and get maybe tighter and stuff. And then what did you do from that point forward after the, you know, the treatment? So there's a lot of things that change. We can get the body to turn back on as much as possible, even though it doesn't stop the, the degeneration that's going on of the brain. We can just turn on more lights, so to speak. It can make the body stronger and, and help them navigate through life better. That's just amazing. I really am so glad that you came on, on the show to talk about this. It just makes me think about my dad. So sorry if I, if no, I sound it's... like I'm getting emotional. Do you strictly work with Parkinson's patients or do you have other people that you work with as well? I like working with seniors who are finding balance issues. I actually just worked with someone having balance issues. I do a lot of work with women in their 50s to 60s looking to, um, they're done raising the kids and they really didn't, they're starting to see the change of life. They're concerned more about taking care of themselves now and have the time to do that. So um, I do work with them a lot. It helps them to get back into exercise rather than just go blindly into it and possibly hurt themselves. Or they might have had something stemming, even some women go 15 years in my experience in pain and don't do anything about it because they're more devoted to the family and and they put themselves last. I help them put themselves first. Well, that's that's really great. Thank you so much for that. I know a lot of women that are probably in that position, myself included, although I never had a family, I put things off because I'm working. <laughs> like, oh, as a matter of fact, I'll tell you a quick story. I had a lump underneath my arm in my armpit. And when I first went to the doctor about it, he said, well, I can remove this for you right now if you'd like. And I said, because nah, I was thinking about the recovery period was going to be a couple of weeks. I couldn't go back. You know, I wouldn't be able to work. And so I thought, no, nah, I'll just wait. So years and years went on. And then all of a sudden, I couldn't put my arm down because <laughs> I had this lump the size of an egg in my armpit. I called my doctor and said, can you refer me to a surgeon? And they said, why? And I said, well, I have this lump underneath my armpit. Well, of course, they freaked out and they told me to come in right away. And then I started freaking out because it usually took six to eight weeks to see my doctor. And it turns out it was nothing. But I can completely understand putting off your health until it's critical. And I wound up needing surgery because I didn't take care of it when I was at the doctor's office so long yeah. ago. So I completely, completely understand. So before we wrap up, I just wanted to talk to you about a couple of things because you see a lot of people that are retiring or who are already retired. Tell me what you think people should know before they retire. There are plenty of solutions out there that could help you to become more active, that you don't have to decline in your activity just because you're getting older. I like people to know that we can be as strong and healthy as we want to be. And that's what I help people see and help them do. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. The last question is, what if someone is already retired? They've been retired for a while. Maybe they're older. Maybe they're stuck. Um, things are not going the way that they feel that they should go. Do you have any advice for that person? Definitely. Well, I'd, I'd like to see them because I know I can help them. If they're in, in the area, San Diego area, I can definitely help them. Um, just really 
turn back the clock, so to speak, on, on their bodies. So it's only going to continue on the direction that it's going unless you do something about it. So just like you said about your story, something will come out of it. It may not be the most tragic thing, but it's it's not going to help you to live uh, a more fruitful life. And even if it's not me, go see a, a fitness professional that has experience with seniors or any type of health professional that involve, that does something with movement that'll just help be the the catalyst that you're looking for because it's really it's not as dramatic as you may think it is it's it's just a system that you have to start following and it it doesn't matter how old you are Thank you so much. Neil, it has certainly been a pleasure having you come on the show and talk to people about what you do with muscle recalibration, how it helps Parkinson's patients and just seniors in general. Really appreciate it. Neil, how can my guests contact you for more information? You can contact me by either going to my website at www.muscletherapysandiego.com Email me at muscleththerapysd at gmail.com, or you can call me 619-736-8995. And if you use the word rock as your reference to your contact, um, you'll receive 20% off the first package that you sign up with me. Neil, thank you so much. I know that my listeners are going to be very excited about that offer. Thanks again for coming on the show. It's always a pleasure, Kathy. Thank you so much for what you do and look forward to helping everybody. Thank you. And for my listeners, don't forget, we'll see you next week on Rock Your Retirement. Who knew that a stretching technique could help reverse Parkinson's issues? So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you'd like to get the freebie, the three ways that muscular recalibration can help Parkinson's patients, just go to rockyourretirement.com slash stretch. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com. Hi, this is Kathy. When I'm not hosting Rock Your Retirement, I'm helping people with their Medicare insurance. One of the times you need to check your Medicare insurance is when you've moved. To get my free guide, Five Things You Need to Know About Medicare When You Are Moving, just go to medicarequick.com slash move. And in the meantime, listen to these cool disclosures. Neither Medicare Quick nor its agents is connected with the federal Medicare program. Medical insurance licensed in the states of California, Florida, Nevada, and Texas, and Medicare Advantage and Prescription Drug Plan service areas vary. California insurance license 0797566. Oh, wait. I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. 
and that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August, actually August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.